another a special edition of the Rink Rat Report podcast. We're doing our playoff preview. I'm here. Josh from Leicester makes his return to the podcast. How are you, Josh? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. I believe I'm the only two-time guest on the podcast. So in, in the history, yeah. The, the bat was only that you beat out the bat. The bat was only a one-time guest. I mean, the blood was still on me. So, anyways, and then we got Johnny from Toronto. How are you, John? Hey, very good, thanks. Happy to be making my debut. And then we got Alex Felice as well. Also very happy to be making my debut. Awesome, awesome. So we're gonna get through. Obviously, we're a bunch of Toronto homers. We're gonna be going Toronto versus Boston first. We're gonna be breaking down that series. And then we're going to be going through all of the rest of the series. So Tampa Bay versus Columbus. What's going on there? Is Columbus going to implode afterwards? Capitals, Carolina. The Islanders, the so-called wagon. We're going to see if they're a true wagon. Versus the Pittsburgh Penguins. And then we're going to get into the West series. All of those over there. Nashville, Dallas, uh, Winnipeg, St. Louis, Calgary, uh, Avalanche and the Sharks and the Golden Knights. So, to start it off, we need some thoughts. What do you, Johnny, what are the gambling lines uh, for Toronto-Boston? Break it down for us. Okay, so according to Vegas, uh, the series open, Toronto plus 140, Boston minus 160. So when you're looking at implied probability there, um, for the, the non-odds friendly people, we're looking at Boston 60 line open as we had uh for last year's series which uh as we know boston ended up taking in seven so again for this series when you look at the uh game by game probabilities the most likely outcome for the series is again boston in seven which we're hoping uh as home relief fans here that's i will say as soon as the line did open you'll see that uh toronto is actually bet heavily and right now you're looking more in the range of toronto plus 120 instead of plus 140 which is closer to a 55 to 45 percent uh probability so in terms of the breakdown uh, who wants to kick it off i just got to ask first is that because there's more degenerate gamblers in toronto or or is the leafs actually have a chance no so this is this is overall uh you're looking at like total amount of money coming in from the big players across uh, uh some of the some of the major um i guess outlets there so it is, it's not just Toronto homers, it's not just a lot of small bets, you're seeing a big percentage of the money coming on Toronto right away, and, and personally I think like now is where the line is kind of right in place, and you, you shouldn't see it move much further uh, through Thursday night. Um, so to get into the actual analysis of it, uh, I just wanted to bring this on first. Josh, you had an interesting point uh, in our little chat about Boston's grit. Do you think that's actually going to be an issue for Toronto? I don't. I think, honestly, if you ask me, Boston might be more worried about the speed and the skill of the Leafs players than the Leafs are afraid of whatever people perceive Boston to be in terms of a physical team. Look, David Backus is a veteran. He's a physical player. He's the prototypical player that these analysts will say you need in the playoffs to win. Bruce Cassidy, the coach of the Bruins, said in the media today, he's going to be probably a healthy scratch game one. And I have the exact quote, actually. He says, because they would rather have players on the ice instead of Bacchus, specifically Wagner, because Cassidy said that the Leafs are going to try to outskate and outskill the Bruins with their quickness, making Wagner the faster player, more viable option. 
So I just think it's honestly almost a complete myth that the reason Boston will beat Toronto, which has somehow been made up in the Toronto media, is because they're more gritty or bigger or a bigger team. I don't believe that at all. I think Boston's best asset, and Alex, you might agree with me here, I think you do, is their first line is absolutely dominant. Like, it's insane. Yeah, that's so. definitely uh, Boston's uh, biggest advantage in this series. That uh, what Some do actually argue that those are the three best forwards in the whole series. Not that we all agree with that, but uh, when they stack them all together, they're honestly unstoppable. Uh, you can only weather the storm. So it'll be interesting, actually, to see what Babcock does up front. Uh, has there been any news as to who he plans to match up against him? I haven't heard anything quite yet. Um, I'm going to assume that the Tavares line goes against the Marshawn line. I haven't heard anything. Have you guys heard anything? No, no, no. I haven't heard it, but, you know. Okay. I, I think that, honestly, that this Bruins are going to out-tough the Leafs thing. I mean, we... We didn't really see it last series. We saw the the Bruins uh, literally just outplay the Leafs last year. My big thing is, are people thinking that the Bruins are the Bruins of, the, what, the 70s when they're going into the crowds and beating up people? This is not the same Boston Bruins team. They have a very strong first line. Their second line's not half bad, too. You've seen David Krejci's numbers this year? And then they got absolute buzzsaws on the back end, Charlie McAvoy and Tori Krug. So, I mean... It's going to be the skill that's going to kill them. And you know who they have on their PK? I was watching them today. They play Brad Marchand and Patrice Bergeron. Yeah. They're an absolute scoring threat even on the PK. So I think that the Leafs are in tough. But I think that this year, when you look at the upgrades that they've made from last year to this year, when you look at the amount of talent that they have just in that forward group up there, they look at Frederick Anderson that you got back there versus... Tuka Rask, who didn't have a very good year. Is it confirmed Tuka Rask is starting this series? Because, I mean, when, I wouldn't be overly, overly shocked. Have you guys heard anything on that? It's not confirmed yet, but uh, I'm pretty sure it's widely uh, believed that he will start for sure. And then, I guess, if he falters, they're going to swap to uh, to Yarrow there. Exactly. I mean, I mean I'd mean, i go with Tuka Rask. Tuka Rask has been your guy for how long? But... A 3.21 goal saved above average relative to Frederick Anderson's, what, 14? Which took an absolute hit in the last part of the season. But, I mean, Boston's just as... They're in tough as well. You guys agree? Yeah, I agree for sure. The only thing that concerns me about the Leafs is the way Mike Babcock is going to split up this D pairings and their ice time. Right now, as of the latest practice i saw that they're going riley hainsey muzzin zaitsev and gardner Dermott. i just it'll it'll be tough again to watch ron hainsey i mean he's had a great career but holy against that top line that is a huge huge mismatch for the leafs i mean that really does worry me for them yeah another concern i had from sorry to cut you off there Alex. another concern i had from last year's series was just the the terrible mismanagement of the line changes when we were playing in Boston and how we did take a couple too many men on the ice penalties. Uh, Boston did not when they were in Toronto. We seem to uh, always find a way to put our worst pairing out there with that top line when we're in Boston. And then subsequently when we're in Toronto, it still happens. So I'm, I'm a little concerned about that. Hoping A, no too many men on the ice penalties this year. And then B, just getting the right matchups out there like, it's, it's, got, it's a must-have if you want to win at home. Yeah, I feel like a lot of a lot of the uh, pressure is going to come in on Mike Babcock after this series. If 
the Leafs do lose. Uh, what we have here in Boston is basically a one-line team that is well coached throughout the lineup. Otherwise, and uh, what we have with the Leafs is an uber, uber talented roster with seemingly pathetic lineup decisions made by Mike Babcock all season. And uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, what the media out backlash really is if the Leafs do lose this afterwards. I'm gonna I mean, disagree. Makes- Sorry, go ahead, Joe. Uh, I am going to disagree. I think Boston does have a little bit more than just that one line up there. Uh, from what I've seen, their fourth line is pretty tough to play against. As Josh said, Chris Wagner drew into this lineup not because, I don't know, experience, grit, whatever. He is a pretty tough player to play against. Nola Chari is another one too. I think that this fourth line really has to step up. I mean, what what did we see last? the last game that Boston played Toronto? Sean Corrali was the first star. Those guys are pretty tough to play against. They try extremely. They work their balls off. And I kind of wonder how is Frederick Gauthier going to keep up to them? That's another big thing that so I, I have something. To I see. have something to, to recommend. Go ahead. The Leafs, in my opinion, have the best center depth in the entire NHL. They have Matthews, Tavares, Kadri. Not that why, why are those guys not playing legitimately the entire 20-minute period? Like 60 minutes should be split up between those three guys. Maybe the odd... If they put out their fourth line on a whatever, a neutral zone draw, you put out Gauthier, whatever. But we got to take advantage of how good our centermen are right I now. agree. Babcock needs to I do agree. better. Matthews cannot play 18 minutes a game in the playoffs. I'm sorry. That is absolutely unacceptable. Sure, in regular season, you say you want to manage minutes. No problem, Mike. But in the playoffs, play your studs. Come on. Sorry, I don't mean to get heated, but seriously. They should. Why aren't they I playing think, the uh, penalty kill? The, why aren't they playing the penalty kill? You see it all over the league. Connor McDavid plays the penalty kill. I swear, doesn't Leon Dreisaitl as well? Every yep. team... Mitch Marner's been playing the penalty kill. Why haven't we seen John Tavares? Is he defensively irresponsible? Instead, we have to see Connor Brown? No disrespect to the Etobicoke Ontario native, but I think there are some better options out there. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you there for sure. Like, we, we got to find a way to get our guys minutes. The other thing I wanted to address here... Uh, kind of switching gears is everything I've heard in the media is Toronto's got no chance in this series because a historically they don't play Boston well in the playoffs, which uh, make that, make that what you will. And B we're on this horrific slide where we've been playing our worst hockey of all time. So I, I get it like three, four and three in our last 10, not a great record. We have slowed down, but in my opinion, um, well, first off, there wasn't much to play for over the past couple of weeks. As you know, we were pretty much locked into a point where maybe we could pass Boston for home ice, but pretty unlikely. And again, there was almost no chance of us missing the playoffs. So we were really locked in that third slot for almost two months, if you're looking at it that way from a player's perspective. And then secondly, um, I mean, the injuries we've had missing Gardner, missing Dermot, like when you've got Oziganov and Hole as a third pairing, it's a little tougher to win games. So I'm not as concerned about that, and I hear everyone in the Toronto media just making a big ruckus about that. What do you guys think? I totally agree. Um, and to close off this series, uh, who for you guys is your marquee player that he absolutely needs to come out flying? One each. Make sure they're different across the board. I'll go first. For me, Austin Matthews. Has to be the best player in the series. It can't be all three of Bergeron, Marchand, Pasternak better than all 
all of our players like it was last year. Austin Matthews hasn't come out. He got two points last year. He has to come out with a point per game, five, six goals, a couple overtime winners, be our best player. I, I think totally that's a great answer, Alex. Good answer, uh, good answer. Uh, I, I think he will show up and show out. Uh, I My answer, though, I'm going to go with Frederick Anderson. I think not only will he show up, but he'll be the reason that the Leafs win this series in six games. That's what my prediction is. Ooh, six games. That's a hot one. Johnny, who's your marquee player? So it's it's a funny one. I'm going to go with... Ron Hainsey, and and it's it's really because holy, when we ice the puck, holy, holy. On, when we ice the puck and Hainsey's on defensively, and they toss on that top line. Every time I'm watching it in my, in the back of my mind, Boston's about to score, and and if Hainsey can just get the puck out, if they can get the puck out, get the changes on, and get the right matchups back, I'm happy. So I'm I'm looking at Ron Hainsey to have a big series, not be a lug in front of the net, get the puck out get changes quick and and get the good guys on versus that top line that's that's my key player hey, ring it ring it out ron ring it out all right my <laughs> top player that i'm gonna pick, pick there is definitely going to be uh kasperi kapan and i know this is might seem like a bit of an off the board one here but from what i saw boston versus columbus josh anderson completely ran through he ran through. He had similar stats to Sperry Kapanen this year. He's a similar kind of player. He's big. Maybe Anderson has a little bit more grit to his game than uh, Sperry does. But he ran through them with his speed, his size. We saw what Kasperi Kapanen could do against the Boston Bruins last year. He had he, he had how many posts. He had how many chances. I think this year he buries a couple of those chances. It's a completely different series. I, my prediction, Leafs in five. We're going to go... <laughs> I almost missed that. What a donkey. So we got Josh Leafs in six, Alex Leafs in five. Capo, give us your prediction. I'll go I'll go Leafs in seven. However, I, I do have to note uh, some some places online are offering up almost 20 to one for uh, a Leafs sweep. <laughs> and uh, I, I'm not I'm saying maybe maybe there's some value to be had. There. That's all I'll say. <laughs> awesome. I'm going to I'm I'm going to also jump on this one and go Leafs in six. I think uh, no bias here, eh, boys. No, no bias, bias, no bias. All right, so next series up, we're gonna go Tampa Bay, Columbus. Now, as we all know, Columbus completely sold the farm going into uh, the Stanley Cup playoffs. Almost missed it, which would have been absolutely wild for Matt Duchesne and, of course, Yarmo Kekalainen's uh, reputation. So, uh, who who wants up first on this one to give their takes? Well, I- I can kick it off with uh, the odds here again. So in this series, Tampa Bay opened up around the uh, minus 300 range, uh, but it seems actually Vegas couldn't open that up high enough because it was quickly uh, bet into the minus 400 range. So at the current odds, uh, this is an implied probability of actually 80-20 in favor of Tampa Bay, which is absolutely insane in my opinion. It's it's the highest series odds we've seen uh, this decade. So... Uh, basically, in, in the modern era, we haven't seen a higher series price than this. And taking it further, when you look at Tampa Bay, I should say, actually, we haven't seen a higher first-round series than this. When we look, take it further, Tampa Bay to win the Stanley Cup. Uh, right now, you can't find better than about 2.2 to 1, so plus 220, which is the most steep cup favorite uh, we've had since uh, the Red Wings back in 2006 we're around that similar range 
so that's absolutely nuts. The Pittsburgh dynasty teams never got uh, below 4.5 to one odds entering the playoffs. So to see them at almost a, just a two to one favorite, or sorry, two to one underdog to win is absolutely insane. And I, I don't know where to begin, but uh, this this could be an interesting series, or it could be a sweep. And I don't think anyone would be surprised. Yeah, I think. I mean, Columbus unfortunately stumbled into the playoffs like that. I mean, I think they're a better team than where they placed somewhat. I mean, the island. I think they're way better than the Islanders, first off. But, I mean, there's a lot of question marks going into this series. Uh, I think starting from Sergei Bobrovsky, he's been not, I don't want to say trash, as many people have been calling him for in the playoffs, but he hasn't been exactly the greatest um, I think over 13 games, he's well below a 900 save percentage. I think around 890. This year, he was really, really up and down. But my, to me, he's the biggest X factor in this series by a mile. This guy's a stupendous goaltender. He's what won two Vesnas. He can steal games. And I mean, if you're a Lightning fan, you got to be concerned about that that part of it for sure. What do you guys think? Yeah, you know what? Uh, I. Uh was really hoping that uh, the Lightning would match up against Columbus. I feel like just the star players that Columbus has in this series, if they do actually perform like they can, uh, namely Panarin, Duchesne, Seth Jones, Wierenski, and obviously Bobrovsky, if those guys all go out and have their best series possible, Tampa Bay's not going to have that easy of a time with Columbus. Yeah, honestly, guys, I'm a bit more uh, more confident in Tampa Bay like I don't even think this is going to be close I know that's kind of a square thing to say but that team is so good they're just so good top to bottom four forward lines great defense he's been great as Joe said Bobrovsky is a great goal he basically willed this team from what would be a huge disaster to miss the playoffs after adding the guys they added and he willed them into the playoffs down the stretch he played terrific so uh I, I mean good on Columbus for giving it a shot. I, I don't think this goes more than five games, though. So I think Tampa's going to have a pretty easy easy road here. Fair enough. I'd, uh, I'd add in there, this isn't the NBA, so uh, this isn't a first-round NBA Ooh, matchup yeah, where sick you know, the one seed's advancing no matter what. Um, but with that being said, like it's just tough to go against Tampa right now. This might be like this is the best team we've seen in years. And uh, like again, I, I don't think I find a comparable team unless we go back to like the '06 Red Wings or maybe the the Canucks in their in their big year when they lost in the Cup final to Boston. I believe it's 2011. Uh, it's it's crazy the star power these guys have. They're, they're stacked top to bottom. They've got Vasilevsky in that point. Like he's a top five goalie. Um, they've got obviously all the big guns up front and then they're solid in the back end as well. So while 20% odds implied probability for Columbus, maybe that's a little low, uh, because again, it is the NHL and there's so much variance. They do have Bobrovsky, as you guys mentioned, but man, it's, it's tough to see. It's tough to see a scenario in which Tampa doesn't get this done. Even if it ends up going to seven, like Tampa, I just think we'll get it done. I agree. I totally agree. I mean, what happened last year with, uh, what was it, Tampa Bay, New Jersey in that first round? It was just a complete wipeout. I'm going to I'm gonna say the sweep. Tampa's going to take the sweep. Anyone else? I know Josh said five. I'd say, I'd say, I'd say six or seven. Um, Ooh. 
you know, four or five games. Like to be honest, Vegas odds here would say most likely scenario is Tampa and five. I'd probably say I'd go Tampa and six or seven. I, I want to back Columbus in some way. I want to say they have a chance, but in my opinion, like like I said, even if it gets to Game Seven in Tampa Bay, I I just I don't see how Tampa would lose that one game. So I gotta go. I gotta go Tampa. Let's say in six. Here will be my prediction. Agreed. I could see it. Sergey Bobrovsky, forty three saves in Game Seven. Columbus comes out on top, three to two in overtime. I'm taking Columbus in seven. Whoa! Wow! Ooh, wow! That's a bold one. <laughs> In that game seven, that does uh, what does Stamkos do? Because we we have I I did the numbers yesterday. Thirteen elimination games, games in which I mean either he his team moves on or they're out. Thirteen games, three points. Completely wow. wild. Such an exceptional player. Ninety eight points this year, forty five goals, and he's put. He, I don't know. Anywho, maybe it's the stick tape. Your, your biggest long shot odds of uh, of the first round, obviously. If you uh, if you're betting a Columbus Blue Jackets sweep of the Tampa Bay Lightning, you're getting the range of fifty-two to one. Th- there's your biggest odds uh, of the first round. There you go. Put put your paycheck on that one. Anyways, <laughs> let's uh, move on the Capitals. Anyways, moving on. Capitals versus Hurricanes. Um, I mean the re- the reigning champions, but doesn't quite sound like it from the, the way that people are throwing out their predict- predictions like that. I haven't seen too many people picking the Capitals too deep into the playoffs. What do you guys think? Yeah, so I'll kick it off again here. Uh, series open, minus 145 Washington, plus 125 Carolina. Uh, current odds, you can find it in the range of Carolina, plus 135, so up 10 points. Again, roughly this series, 60-40% odds in favor of Washington. So they do favor the defending champs, but not as much as you might think. 60-40 is really tight in the NHL. Um, in terms of their cup future chances, Washington, you're looking at around 12-1 to 1 to win the cup, which uh, is actually quite low for a defending champ that actually has the one seed, would have home ice, uh, presumably against anyone in the East ex- coming out except for Tampa and Boston, and then over a bunch of teams in the West. Uh, so Vegas, not a lot of love. For, for Washington. I see, I see. Kind of interesting. I, mean, I, don't, I don't think they really lost many players, but, I mean, that's the way that it rolls sometimes. Uh, it's quite interesting to see the, the Carolina Hurricanes in this position. Well, not really. I mean, based on the advanced stats and what the computer boys have been saying, they've been awesome for years. Just they can't find someone that can stop a puck, and Peter Mrazek finally was that guy. The big question with him is, will he do it into the playoffs? You guys think that PD can get it done? I million dollar question in this series for sure. I mean, I hate to keep mentioning the goaltending, but so many of these series are so close. These teams are so closely matched. It will probably come down to the to the goaltending. And I mean, Morazic's played well this year. Would I say he's played great? I, I don't think I would say that. He's had a nine twenty save percentage after January, actually. I know after January for sure, but I mean, how big of a sample Overall. size are we talking? Here? He hasn't uh, been 20, twenty-four games, so season, yeah, right? I agree. I agree. Like, Go on. He's still been good, no doubt. But mm-hmm. we're not talking about like a top-tier goalie no. here. Still, I don't want to carry it away here. But I mean, I think it's going to be a really good series. This this is going to be a fun series to watch. Um, yeah, Alex, what do you think? Yeah, you know, I just can't get over the. Uh, Goaltending disadvantage like Carolina has. I really love Carolina's team, and I think that they are 
probably equal to or uh, honestly maybe even better than Washington skaters wise. They just seem to be uh, more top heavy with those young supersize they have and more they have more depth on their uh, both forward and blue line. But Peter Morazic just I can't trust him in in elimination game six or seven going up against Braden Holby who's been there plenty of times. So uh, I would have to say Washington six or seven is my pick. Washington Washington this series is the ultimate this series is the ultimate uh like old school versus new school mentality. So you've got all of the analytics Ooh. guys on Carolina. I've been riding them like like Joey said for a few years, none more than this year where they've actually somewhat performed. And then you have all of the old school uh tough experience. Experience gets it done, goaltending gets it done. All those factors playing with Washington being obviously the defending chance. How many times have they been in the spot? How many times have they been in the playoffs? So it's it's really just like a, an A side versus a B side. Who's gonna who's gonna pull it out? Uh, I'm going Carolina in this series. Uh, give me the Canes in seven. Canes in a nice seven. series. Ooh. Um, I actually agree. I'm I'm gonna go Canes in seven as well. But Justin Williams scores the winner in game seven. That'd be awesome. I just can't look past the firepower of the the Washington Capitals. Alexander Ovechkin, the sauce crosser. Mr. Dr. Pepper himself. I do not see him losing this series. I know they're probably exhausted from a summer of just getting absolutely blackout every night, but I don't think that the gas runs out until about round two in this one. So I'm going to go Washington in, uh, Washington in six. Anything else to add on this series? Or are we good to go on to uh, the wagon versus Pitt, uh, Sid and the boys? Good to go. Good good to go. Go. Okay, Capo, kick it off with the uh, the gambling lines. Okay. So we've got the Islanders versus Pittsburgh here. Pittsburgh opened up minus 145, now minus 155. Uh, Islanders in the 135 range on the plus side. Implied odds for the series around 65-35% in favor of uh, Pittsburgh here. What I will say is overall... Pittsburgh is, I guess, what us new school boys would consider the closest thing we've ever had to a true dynasty, uh, maybe Chicago. But, you know, Pittsburgh's been here for years, and this is by far the lowest odds we've seen them in the last decade. So for a team that's made the playoffs in a good spot, fully healthy, you've got everyone here. It's relatively the same team that they've shown over the past couple of years, 18-1 to 1 to win the Cup, which for Pittsburgh usually... I mean, they're usually a favorite, if not second to favorite, out of the East. And uh, now we're looking at, like, Tampa, Washington, Boston, Toronto in the same range uh, ahead of Pittsburgh. So, again, just like the Capitals, um, Vegas not really favoring Penguins here. Um, but we'll see how it plays out. I mean, you'd, uh, think that, you'd think that they would with that lineup. That's kind of strange, no? Well, again, in the series, they are favored, so they're favored to beat the Islanders. Uh, but just in terms of their overall cup prospects, getting out of the East, uh, not as line-friendly as they would have been over the past oh, gotcha. few years. Gotcha. Josh? I think that the New York Islanders have a huge crash coming for their fan base because they, they're having a great year, no doubt. It's been, it's been very surprising. Their goaltenders have played, I mean, out of their mind. Is there even a saying we can use to describe how well Robin Lehner and Grice have played? For? Like, it's 
Yeah, it's it's like, called the William seen End. Anything like this in terms of goalies coming out of nowhere to play this well? This is insane. Like, there is a term for how they've been playing. It's called the William M. Jennings Trophy. You know what I'll call it, Piz? I'll call it one hundred percent unsustainable. The Penguins mm. are going to absolutely rinse the New York Islanders. It's not going to be close. It's going to be a sweep. Pens in four games. I have no analysis other than Islanders fans. Get ready, because it's coming. They're going to be wiping their tears with their greasy, disgusting, sweat-stained, pizza-lasagna-stained shirts. The Pittsburgh Penguins are going to come out. They're going to come out hot. Sidney Crosby's going to score a ton of goals. Phil Kessel's going to go bar down and then wash it off with a fucking Coke. And then, I mean, when you look up and down this lineup, okay, listen to this one. There are four guys... On the Penguins, Crosby, Kessel, Gensel, and Malkin that have more points than the top guy uh, on the Islanders in Barzal. I mean, I just don't see a universe in which somehow maybe was it Nashawk, Crapaceum, maybe that gets rocking. They win a game there, but I just don't see them winning this series at all. I'm going to go Pittsburgh in six. I'll give the Islanders a couple games. Maybe they shock us out of the gate. What do you What do you think, Alex? I did actually. Uh, I was thinking of, the, of that uh, Nassau Coliseum getting loud after Toronto got absolutely lit up in uh, on uh, Long Island. Tavares' first game back. Coming off of a back to back, I got to throw that one out Coming there. Back to back, so I did have to see the next night when they were still at home, home to Washington in a game where if they won that, they would have been first in the division playing against Carolina instead of Pittsburgh. They came out absolutely flat. Right then and there, I thought to myself, there's literally no way that this team actually has these fans going crazy. They were just going crazy about the Tavares situation. And honestly, I don't. I thought that would have been the Islanders' one and only thing that, they, that can get them through the first round if they have home ice and the building's rocking. But they don't even have that on their side. Honestly, I'm totally with you, Josh. Pittsburgh in four, maximum five. I just don't see how the Islanders keep up in this series. Ooh, okay. Who do you guys? Who's a marquee player that you think that needs to to really step up in this series for either team? Just one guy between the two. Yeah, I'll give one. I think I think Matt Murray's been playing much much better as of late. Started the season off uh, absolutely dreadful. Uh, had some injuries, of course, but came back. I think he's been playing well. If he if Murray can just play, honestly, like I know where we might be now starting to underrate the Islanders. They did have a good year. I know it's probably unsustainable, but if Murray can play half decent, Pittsburgh has a series in the bag. I will give them, I'll give the Islanders two wins. And that's only because after this year, I don't think they're going to be back in the playoffs for another five. So the fans can at least enjoy those two nice. at home. Yeah. If, if I was, uh, if I was Ottawa, the deadline, I would have been tr- licking my chops to trade uh, Duchesne to the Isles for that first rounder instead of Columbus. But uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how it pans out for the Islanders here. I'll give me Pittsburgh against six. Nice. So we're a bunch of goalie huggers now, I see. You guys finally came around. Love it. That's always nice to see. I'm going to go with uh, my marquee player. I mean, Capo, you kind of took mine. Matt Murray, we've seen him play very well for stretches. We've seen him play very poorly for stretches. I'm going to agree with you on that one. But my big player in this series, I really want to see how Matt Barzal steps up. This is his first playoffs. We saw what he could do last year, put up a ton of points. This year, 
I mean, was on not as good of a team, got the harder matchups, but it's going to be really curious to see what he does pretty much battling, I want to say, uphill in this series. Going to be really interesting if he can cement his superstar status. Uh, you know what? Uh, I was actually going to go with Evgeny Malkin for the Penguins. Uh, if you ask him, he's had a pretty disappointing year by his standards. Uh, he always talks about his minus 25. I know we're all not too big on plus minus, but that is glaring for if you even look back at his career stats. I guess he didn't have that great of a year. Uh, honestly, if Malkin's going, then that's written four. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah, maybe the others can extend it, but if you know Crosby's coming, you know Kessel's coming, Latang's been hot. Murray's been hot. If Malkin's going, then really, I just don't see how the Islanders handle all the firepower. Josh, who's your marquee uh, I'm going to go a, a, a little outside the box here. I'm not going to pick a Pittsburgh guy like all three of you did. I I'm did gonna not. Say, I did not. Oh, you picked my parts out. Sorry, I'm not going to pick a star. I'm going to say Jordan Eberle. And here's the reason. I've seen him perform in, in Arizona 4 at the World Juniors, of course. But more, more so, he's had a terrible year. He has had by far his worst year as a pro, and it is coming at a horrible time for him because he is set to be an unrestricted free agent this summer at 28, or maybe he's turning 29. But this is a prime age where he's got to get that another big contract, and he has really disappointed this year. So I'm looking to see if he'll come out with a little bit of more fire under his ass for this series, hopefully get himself some money that he possibly lost this year with a with 37 points in 78 games, which is not not good enough at all. Just absolutely terrible. But you are right in that sense. So we're going to move on now out of the East and into the West. We're going to Nashville Predators, Dallas Stars. I've heard a lot of varying takes on this one. Johnny, what are the gambling lines on this one? Quick, quick one here. Minus 175 open for Nashville, plus 155 for Dallas. Uh, Dallas has gotten the majority of money to be uh, the Vegas uh, kind of favorite plus 155 dog. Implied probabilities this would be kind of similar to the Pittsburgh series where it's a 65-35 split in favor of Nashville. Uh, could be some value on Dallas here. Um, I don't know how high current Vegas market is on Nashville um, but you know, to be seen I think this one's going to be a good series. That's an interesting one. I think that um... I think it's going to be a lot more disappointing than what people think, to be honest. When you look at the the Dallas Stars' offensive depth, they have Sagan, okay, very good player. Radulov, excellent player. Jamie Benn, bit of an off year in terms of numbers-wise, but another very, very good player. And then after that, so that's 80-72-53. After that, it's Radic Faxa at 30. Outside of this first line, who are they going to match up? Nashville's got some pretty good forwards out there. Johansson, Forsberg, Arvidsson, and the list goes on and on. I mean, uh, like Granlin at the deadline. I think this is going to be a lot less close than what people are saying. I'm going to go Nashville in five. Yeah, I, I, honestly, I agree with you. It, it's crazy how all these years we've been waiting for Dallas to get some competent goaltending. We saw a little bit of it last year, but this year Ben Bishop has come on extremely strong. He's had an amazing year, but they, like Joe said, outside of their top line, they can't score goals. It's, I believe they're, I don't know if they're second or third last, but they're in the bottom three of goals for in the NHL this year, which is crazy for a team that has a top line with Sagan, Radulov, and then Ben as well. I mean, 
they just don't score enough. They really don't. And, and like Joe said, Nashville can send four solid lines at you. They pretty much spread out their lines fairly evenly. So I agree. I think Nashville in five. Yeah, I really like the Predators in this series. Uh, when Dallas was last, very good. They were scoring on one four goals the game. And yeah. Yeah, as much, obviously, but uh, still very many. Now it seems like they can't score with all this firepower they still have. They are very top-heavy and don't have much depth, but scoring has been uh, a struggle for them, and their, goalie have actually, their goalies have actually been keeping them. Some sources close to the, the team would call it uh, horse shit, I believe. Is that the correct term? Johnny, what are your takes on this series? So, yeah, I really like the Predators. Uh, just their defensive depth, and they're a well-coached team. All the forwards buy in. Great uh, two-way players. And actually, what I like about the Predators is that they're not that big, gritty team that they used to be in the playoffs when they were getting bounced Wait. first round. This team is very fast. Uh, I wouldn't say undersized, but uh, they definitely rely on their skill more than they have in years past. I'm not. I'm going to go contrary here. I'm not too high on Nashville this year. I don't necessarily have a, a ton of stats here to back it up. I, I do like Rene. I do like the defense core. They made some acquisitions at the deadline. Uh, Grandland Simmons. I like. I don't think that's going to do too too much for them in these series. Um, like they'll probably get by Dallas. Yeah. Can I see them getting by again now? St. Louis or Winnipeg? Probably not. If they do, do I see them getting by Vegas, San Jose, Calgary? Definitely not. So, you know, I like Nashville here. I don't see them getting back to the Cup Finals. I, I, I want to say Dallas in seven. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Dallas in seven in this series. Ooh, actually, between the two guys they acquired, the three guys that they acquired near the deadline, Brian Boyle, Mikael Granlin, Wayne Simmons, combined for a total of, I'm trying to run the math in my head here, 13 points. Boyle with five goals, Granlin with five yeah. points, and Simmons with three points. That's just putrid. Right. Chris, yeah. so, I'm not even counting Boyle as an acquisition there. Like, yeah, me neither. But correct me if I'm wrong, Piz, when I came on for the deadline show, I'm not to toot my own horn here, but I, I do believe I said that Nashville had the most underwhelming deadline, despite the fact they added two guys, because they should have done a lot more. And, I mean, it's... Proof is in the pudding, as they say, right, guys? <laughs> I suppose so. Keep it in your pants. But uh, I do agree. Now, at, hindsight is twenty twenty, but it does look like they were looking for a sports car and they got a Kia. Um, all right. So, games number. I think uh, – did everyone cover theirs? Uh, I'll go Nashville and six. Nashville and six. I think I said – Yeah, Nashville and five. Nashville and five. I'm Dallas and seven. Yeah. Dallas and seven against the grain, and I'm going to go Nashville and five as well. Moving on, Winnipeg versus St. Louis. To me, this one is one of those coin flip series here. Johnny, what are the lines? So you go from a series in Nashville, Dallas, that's not the most interesting. This one, I think, will be uh, more of a fan favorite. You look at St. Louis and Winnipeg right here, opens up a straight pick which uh, for those who aren't familiar with the term, just means 50-50 odds per side. When you look at where the money's been coming in, St. Louis now across the board is a slight favorite in around minus 115 range. Um, but overall, you're looking at a true, like probably, you know, closest what we see to a 50-50 series. Um, what I also will say is in terms of the cup odds, 
these guys are both priced similarly in the uh, 13 to 1 spot. And um, when you layer in the series we're going to talk about next, Vegas, San Jose, one of those four teams, I think, it, it has a really good shot at those odds to come out of the West. Very good point. Very good point. Yeah, I mean, on that one. Uh, this is, I'm very excited for this series, guys. This is going to be, as the odds say, this is a, probably as close to a 50 series as, as you're going to get. And you even have the fact have to factor in, I know how much this matters is, remains to be seen, but St. Louis has been probably the hottest team in the league in the second half of the year, and Winnipeg has they haven't been terrible, but they've been far from good. I mean, they're, they have a lot of guys that need to step up. I'm looking at specifically Patrick Laine and Nikolai Ethers for Ooh. them to Calling out your son, Laine. Calling out but, your son, Laine there. I mean, he hasn't been good enough. It's, it, 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 I don't think that's unfair to say at all. Like he really no, hasn't. Not he at all. To be a lot... um, if if Vancouver needs to ban Fortnite, what does he need to ban on the on the road? Jesus, I don't know, but he needs to figure it out. I mean, he, uh, again, sure, he's never been the greatest five on five player. Uh, we all understand that, but if that's the case, you gotta you gotta score the goals. Like the the second half, since he had that five goal game, he's been invisible. So he needs to step it up for sure. 18 goals in one month, finishes the year with 30 in a contract year. Costing yourself money, kid. Um, yep. I, I, in the middle of, you guys, may, uh, I'm in a fantasy draft with a couple guys in this chat right now. Um, I was, I'm not going to lie, I was a little dehydrated on the Sunday that we were drafting. Threw me for a little bit of a loop. So, I pretty much just looked at last year's playoffs and I said Winnipeg to go far. So I picked drafted all Winnipeg guys. And in the middle of this draft, I realized, wait, I really don't like Winnipeg that much in this playoffs. I could be wrong, but just the, the slide that they've been going on, certain guys not stepping up, uh, pretty much a playoff resume. I mean, Kyle Connor, what did he do in the playoffs last year? He was terrible. Hopefully he's a young player. Maybe he steps it up. But, I mean, there's a lot of question marks around the Jets and... Uh, coming into these playoffs, and it's the complete opposite with the Blues. So, I mean, it's going to be a hell of a a series. Go on, Alex. Yeah, to be honest, I think the Jets are interesting in the series just because of when their guys are going, like, they have legit superstars throughout the lineup. You'd have Ehlers going on one line, Line going on another. The first line is absolutely loaded. Then they have star-powered defensemen, Buffalo and Truba, good goalie in Ellibic. It's just they're going to need everyone going, and I, don't, I haven't been really keeping up with them, but apparently their underlying stats have been really poor this entire season, especially during their late-season slide to lose a division. Um, St. Louis is a really deep team. So, uh, you know, uh, yeah, this is probably going to be one of the better series to watch and uh, definitely going to go seven games. I think I'm going to take Winnipeg going those seven games. Definitely. That would be an amazing series if it goes seven. I'm, I'm going to say seven as well. I'm going to go... I'm going to go Winnipeg for the sake of my pool. What do you guys got? All right. So for me, Alex mentioned, you know, they did lose. They did lose the division on the last day of the season, which is tough because you'd obviously be playing Dallas instead of playing St. Louis, which is significantly a tougher matchup. Um, But they did manage to keep home ice. So for me, we all know home ice is worth more in the playoffs than in the season. But Winnipeg's home ice you know, that's that's worth more than any other team's home ice, in my opinion. So if it does go seven, I'd say that's a big factor at play there. That building will be rocking. Uh, however, if I had to give a pick right now, uh, which I do, 
I'm going to go Blues in six. But if it does get to seven, Ooh. I can say watch out for that building because that's going to be rocking. Ooh, nice. So I think this – I'm really excited for this series, as I said. I think it's something we're going to get is Josh Morrissey coming back for Winnipeg will be a huge boost for them. I mean, Bufflin's healthy again. He was out for an extended period of time. That obviously helps them a lot. For me, I may be a little biased. I'm a huge fan of Jordan Biddington. I think that's the best story of the NHL this year. Guy coming from the AHL, finally getting a shot, and really, really pushing this team into the playoffs and into a spot where I think they can make some noise. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna go St. Louis in seven games. I mean, not even, not only coming just from the AHL, but Jordan Biddington was loaned to the Providence Bruins last year. He wasn't even part of the Blues AHL team last year, which is completely wild. So. I think we've all given our picks on this one. We've uh, ragged this one about as hard as we could. Let's go over to Calgary versus Colorado. In one that I, I mean, finally Calgary is back into the playoffs. They have a solid team. They placed incredibly well. They were pretty consistent all year. But the one dark spot in this, there's a big dark spot in this one, and that's Calgary's goaltending. What do you guys think on this one? In this series, Johnny, give us the lines. Vegas odds on this series minus two twenty for Calgary, plus one eighty for Colorado. So this is the the highest odds in the Western Conference, second highest overall for the first round after Tampa Bay. Implied would be seventy percent chance Calgary winning, thirty percent chance Colorado winning. And one key thing here is you know based on the odds, Vegas it seems has. And when I say Vegas, I mean the odds makers seem to have Colorado power rated as what appears to be the worst team currently in the playoffs. So below Columbus, below the Islanders, um, which I don't know if I necessarily agree with. Wow, but you got to think it's a, it's a great draw for Calgary. It does really look like a very, very good draw for Calgary in terms of this. But, I mean, I'm just really, really questioning what's Mike Smith, which Mike Smith is going to show up in this series. I mean, he's been incredibly up and down this entire year but the team in front of him is so strong i mean i think that it's going to overpower the the avalanche i mean the avalanche really this is a true 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 one line team as well and i think that's going to absolutely kill them uh i'm going to go calgary it's going to be a bit of a scare though for them i'm going to go calgary in six what do you guys think uh joe what do you think of the decision to start smith over riddick i mean Riddich kind of fell off. Smith has some playoff experience. It makes sense to me. And Mike Smith has been better since, like, I guess it would be the new year, the deadline. He's been just utterly terrible, though. Um, I mean, to me, this was almost a coin flip. Both, I think, after the, in the new year, both had around the same stats. So that's why I think that Mike Smith would be the better one. But, I mean, doesn't mean that either of them have been good. (laughs) I think Mike Smith is the play for them to at least start. Uh, obviously, coach could do whatever he wants, probably have a short leash. But uh, Mike Smith closed the year a lot hotter than Riddick. I think since the All-Star game, Smith has Riddick's stats and Riddick has Smith's stats for the full season. That's how big the discrepancy was at the beginning of the season. But uh, yeah, Mike Smith has bad experience. He went to conference finals in Arizona, if you guys remember. Uh, standing on his head, so that's probably why Calgary acquired him. I think you just got to start him. I agree. I agree. I think this is just a, a quite a funny side of the bracket because I think you can make an argument that every single team, all four of these teams, 
have legitimate goaltending questions. I understand Grubauer has been great down the stretch, but again, untested in the playoffs. Especially compared to the other side of the bracket where you have Rene, Bishop, Hellebuck, and Bennington who have been all, maybe not Hellebuck, but all pretty solid this year. So I still think Calgary's going to win. I agree. I'm worried about their goaltending, just like I'm worried about it for the two teams in the next series we're going to touch on. But I think, like you said, Joe, Calgary has far superior forward depth. Still a great top line, too. Great defenseman. I I think Calgary's going to take this in five games. I'm with you there, Josh. I think, you know, likely Calgary's going to breeze by this one. What I will say is we could have um, one of those Holpe Grubauer situations from last year where if Smith falters two games in, they're down 0-2, they're down even 0-1. Could see a goalie change here. What do you guys yeah, think? Yeah, it's a short leash for sure. Oh, short for leash, sure. no doubt about it. When you put up think... under 900 save percentage, there better be a short leash. Because if there's not, it means that behind you is probably me. We haven't even talked about Johnny Hockey, though, that Calgary top line. Like, I mean, those guys are unreal, putting up points every single game. Uh, in my opinion, Calgary gets this done uh, five or six. I mean, yeah. yeah I actually love Calgary in this series, though. Obviously, Colorado has the superstars. Uh, they, they can go toe-to-toe with the first line, but Calgary is actually a very deep team. They have superstars sprinkled throughout their lineup. Uh, I'll actually go Calgary in a sweep here. I think they're going to have a pretty easy time. Ooh, nice, nice. Um, actually, funny enough, I mean, they have so much depth. They're not even – like, James Neal is completely irrelevant to this team. And another big guy that you guys didn't touch on – Matthew Kachuk has 34 this year and 77. Great that's year. that's good He's for the wallet. Paid. Good for the wallet. Woo! Payday. Anyways, um, so it looks like we're on to the last series. And this one again, I mean, some more goaltending questions. That's just the theme of the theme of the league, it seems, though. The San Jose Sharks versus the Vegas Golden Knights. Johnny, what are the lines? Okay, so again here, similar to the Blues and uh, the Jets series, we've got a true pick'em opening up minus one ten aside, fifty fifty probability to win the series for each team. And to you know add more similarities, we see fourteen to one as the cut odds for both of these teams. So really, it seems it's it's tough to get out of this side of the bracket because you do have to play that tough first round matchup, and then you in all likelihood have to play Calgary before then playing, you know, another tough team. So it's tough to get out of the West. It's definitely even tougher to get out of this side of the bracket. One of the the other flaws of this stupid division seeding format. Um, But right here, I think it's going to be a great series. And what I will say here is one has Marc-Andre Fleury and one team does not. So that's where I'll start it off. I know we've been talking a lot of goaltending, but let's see where we got here. I love it. It's okay. So that's this is another series where the starting goalie is under 900 save percentage. A goal saved above average, get this, of minus 22.87. It's one of the worst in the league. It's it's unfathomable how bad he's been this year. I mean, I wasn't the biggest fan of Martin Jones ever, but this is just absolutely ridiculous. But what stands him in front of him is why I got to go with the, the San Jose Sharks. I mean, Brent Burns is just an offensive monster from the back end. Uh, Tom, Tomas Hurdle has just bursted onto the scene. Logan Couture, another fantastic player. Timo Meyer, another guy that has burst onto the scene there. 
and I mean, I haven't even mentioned the other guys like uh, Evander Citizen Kane, Kevin Straight to the Bank, and Joe, Joe Thornton, and my favorite on the team, Eric Carlson, which I am trying to look like the Walmart Eric Carlson, which shows you how handsome that guy is. So I'm going to go San Jose. It's going to be a scary one. I'm going to go San Jose in seven. San Jose in the series, too. Uh, honestly, two pretty evenly matched teams up front. Um, they made a huge trade to acquire Mark Stone, which was great on their part. Uh, but when you see Carlson and Burns on the blue line, two of the best defensemen in the league, Vegas really doesn't have anything that can uh, match that, match one of them, let alone both of them. Uh, I think that would be a huge part of the series. Carlson could take over just like he did in years past with Ottawa. And uh, I could see San Jose taking this one also pretty easily in five games. I think it's going to be a little closer than that, personally. I This is honestly outside of the Leaf series, which is obviously a homer pick. This is the series I am most excited to watch. I think it's going to be a great series. Two really good teams. Two teams that can rotate their top nine forwards pretty evenly. I mean, they, they really both run three very solid lines. I, I have a take here, boys. It might be a hot take. Here. I think Martin Jones is the most important player in this Stanley Cup playoffs. In the he was playoffs. In the whole playoffs. Listen. Oh. He was horrible this year. Not only was he horrible, his backup Aaron Dell was even worse. They were they got as bad goaltending as you could possibly get this year, and they still had 101 points. I I have a little stat for you here, boys. Martin Jones in 42 career playoff games, a 9.26 save percentage. I'm going to awesome. say coming to play definitely. I'm going to say he keeps that up. Not only are the Sharks going to win this series in seven games, it's going to be tough. The San Jose Sharks are going to the Stanley Cup Finals. Oh! This team is an absolute wagon, and Martin Jones is going to come up. He's going to play well when they need him, and they're going to the finals. That's my take, boys. That's a huge one. I love it. It's logical. That's what. <laughs> okay. So now here's where I step in. I'm going to go full opposition there. My prediction for the series I'll start off with, Vegas Golden Knights in four games. Oh, my God. God, Vegas in four games. San Jose has been on what appears to be an all-time skid coming into the playoffs. I know Without Pavelski and Carlson, though, you got to take that into it. I know they've had some injuries. Yeah, that's big. I get it. We'll see how we'll see how Carlson plays. We'll see how Pavelski plays in the series. Again, the goaltending. One team has home ice here. I get that. One team has Marc Andre Fleury. If Martin Jones isn't as best, like you mentioned with Aaron Dell, he's been even worse. They have nowhere to turn. They've got two goalies playing absolute trash right now. Vegas, after going to the finals last year, has added what is actually a really solid second line and a really solid playoff line, in my opinion. When you look at Pacioretty. Stasny and Mark Stone so those guys right there were all kind of not necessarily misfits on their team but guys who well, Stone was good on Ottawa but Pat and Patrick was good on Montreal but you never really thought of them as like guys who would be going to the cup final this year I think that's where they're headed you look at the defense on Vegas as well like Colin Miller unbelievable year um, and and again just Mark Andre Fleury in the playoffs <laughs> It's it's tough to it's tough to go against them. Uh, the way he's played this year, he's been good. I know, you know Vegas. Like I mentioned, their backup Malcolm Subban. If not for Subban, if they had a league average backup, 
they'd probably be hey potentially in first place in the in the West. So I have I'm gonna play a little devil's advocate here. You say Flurry great in the playoffs, which no doubt the last two years he's been great in the playoffs. But do we forget there was like a seven year stretch there where he uh, was atrocious in the playoffs, like atrocious. Four years in a row. Yep. Cool, no doubt he played well last year. He's he hasn't been that great this year. I'm worried a bit about his nope. workload yeah. as well. I mean, I, I love Vegas. I think they're a great team. I think th- they're really good. I just think San Jose's better. That's all. I where agree. would you give the where would you give the special teams advantage here? The special uh, San Jose has the uh, just obviously those two horses on their first power play really help. Uh, I don't know the exact percentages here. You kind of you kind of threw me under the bus. Ooh. Uh, I got, I got him. We don't like that on this so, program. Yeah, All season, San Jose sixth best power play, Vegas twenty fifth. There you go. That's what I said. PK that even both in the middle. Yeah, again, so that's that's what I was looking at here. Like San Jose to win the series needs to win on the power play and with goaltending. Uh, Vegas and like a lot of the analytics guys have Vegas rated really high this season. Um, it, it seems like top to bottom they just play a good system. Like to, to have an expansion team go to the cup finals in their first year, um, they're playing a good system. We'll we'll see how it ends up. My pick, again, I don't have a ton of stuff to back this up. It's a bit of a gut feeling, a little bit of kind of I'm down on San Jose, a little bit I'm up on Vegas. Uh, I'll go, I'll go, with, I'll call a sweep here. A sweep. I love Vegas. that one. I love that pick. So I think we got all our, I think that covers every single series. Not bad, boys. Not bad. So we're going to, we're going to tally all of these up. We're definitely going to be posting those out there. Um, and obviously, yeah, we got to fill in our brackets. I haven't filled in a bracket yet. I feel like such a mush. It's going to be garbage anyways if it's if anything like my NCAA one. But, yeah. Are we going to give Are we gonna give picks for, for the finals? Ooh. Why not? Why not throw those we should picks up? for the finals and then uh, potentially a consummate winner. All right. Okay, Johnny, kick, us, kick it off then. Let's, let's hear sure. it. We're going to have a lot of prizes come out of these. Okay. What I'm going to go with here, Vegas out of the west, Toronto out of the east. Ooh. Two teams in the mid-range. Um, it's, it's a, it is a homer pick. I would never I would never go against Toronto here. But I will say um, they do have a chance. A lot of people saying no chance versus Boston. Just look at the, just look at the, the odds out right now. It's 45-55. That series can go either way. I'm sick of hearing from people, hey, Boston's going to smoke them. Five games, four games max. Won't, four games, five games max. Won't even get to game six. Um, if you're if you're in an office, if you're in an office pool, if you can get someone to bet, take two to one odds on Toronto, something like that. Uh, I think you're laughing. As there's a ton of people, uh, casual fans, people who know a little bit about hockey that are Toronto haters that just think they're going to go down in four or five. I don't think that's the case. Toughest test would be getting through Tampa. But if you're telling me that Toronto's going to get through Boston and Tampa and then lose the cup, I don't see I don't see how that's happening. Nice. I'm going to go I'm going to step up here. I'm going to go Tampa Bay shocker. I mean, I just don't see. I mean, after last year's heartbreak, they came close. I just don't see them not making it. I mean, there's just too much there. There's just too much there. And then out of the west, I'm going to go with the St. Louis Blues. I really like them 
coming out into this season. I mean, Jake Allen just absolutely laid an egg, but thankfully the Richmond Hill native, native Jordan Bennington was able to uh, pick up the workload and play awesome for them. Um, I don't even think I picked them to come out of this round. I mean... You did You picked Winnipeg, but hey, a little hedge doesn't hurt, I guess. I Yeah. That was a really dumb comment by me. <laughs> Anyways, I'm sticking by it. Okay, we're at that. Fuck. Okay. Leave it in. Leave it in. Leave it in. No, leave that in. Leave it in. <laughs> I'm doing the editing, so we'll see. All right. Oh. Leave another one. Yeah, leave it, right. it to Piz to take his cup champ as he had out in the first round. <laughs> 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 okay, go, Lee. It's Lee. Let's hear it. So, in my finals, uh, I obviously want to see Toronto in there. But uh, I'll actually go with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Ooh. And I'll have them up against the San Jose Sharks in what would be a rematch of what year was it? 20. 17. Okay, I did, I did the, I'm literally going to pick the exact same thing. I know that sounds crazy, but I, I can't believe you just stole my pick. Come on. But, uh, yeah, I, I, got, I got the Sharks and the Penguins, and I got the Sharks putting I got Martin Jones, Con Smythe, put it on the board, boys. I'll say Toronto sounds like Okay, fine, go, change it up. With Austin Matthews as my Con Smythe winner. I thought I just didn't want to be a homer. But, uh, yeah, I actually really like San Jose. The comment you made about them. 101 points, despite the worst goaltending possibly that you could possibly get. And uh, yeah, I'll just stick with my home release then. Nice pick, nice pick though. All right, uh, send that, send all your stuff to me, and we're gonna obviously get the get all of this out there. Uh, I think that that covers everything. I mean, thanks for thanks for coming on, boys. This was awesome. We de- we definitely have to do this again. Yeah, definitely. This was great. Thanks, Pleasure guys. To be on. Thank you, boys. No problem. Yeah, thanks, right. boys. Hope everyone enjoyed the episode and enjoy the playoffs.